Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morning Cup of Joe podcast with me, your host, Joe. This year we are starting off on the right note and we are talking about a very strong subject today. We are talking about the importance of building an inner circle as a creator or just in general, right? So let's go ahead and just get right into that. Get your cup of Joe ready. We have a lot to talk about. So today we are interviewing fellow creator Jonah Levine. Hey Jonah, can you introduce yourself and kind of tell us who you are? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, I'm a full-time creator. I uh, travel probably close to full-time, uh, at least when the world is as it usually is. Um, I do a ton of different work for different brands and lifestyle stuff, creative stuff, Um kind of all over the place, honestly, when it comes to video creation. But um, yeah, I just really, really love it. I do a lot of stuff on Instagram and uh, different people live here in LA. And yeah, dude, stoked to be here. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, first of all. Second of all, um, your Instagram's just Jonah Levine, right? J-O-N-A-H-L-E-V-I-N, right? Or uh, e, there's an e. underscore in between the H and the L, yeah, first and last. Okay. So Jonah underscore Levine, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So anybody who's listening to this, go ahead and follow him there. His work <laughs> is incredible. I enjoy it. We're just going to get the plug out of the way uh, before we get into this. And then uh, something you said kind of caught my attention. You said you do full-time video work, right? So you do primarily video? Yeah, pretty much entirely. Um, I do a little bit of kind of social branding and some photography work, but um, I used to do more, but I kind of realized that... Uh, I just, I just, I'm fall have fallen like way more in love with video. Um, it just like is most of what I think about, what I love to do, and also there's you know a bigger financial incentive for video as you know brands and stuff are a lot more um, willing to pay uh, larger amounts of money for for video over photo, and I just kind of find the the whole process way more interesting. Fair enough. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I do. I mean, I do a lot of things. I have this podcast. I do video photo. And so it's always interesting to watch like one aspect of it grow. So I totally get where you're coming from, especially if it's what's making you money, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to get right into this, how did you get your start as a creator, right? What got you going and what got you kind of interested in this field to begin with? So I actually started, um, I think it's just kind of two answers to this question, but one of them is, so I, I took an intro to TV studio class, like my freshman year of high school when I was 13. Um, and I just, I got so lucky. I had the sickest teacher ever. His name was Mr. A. And uh, he just like was such an amazing guy and like showing everyone in the class, like how fun this shit was. If you, you know, really, if you loved it and if you really put some effort into it. And uh, yeah, I just had so much fun in that class. Um, he's the one that I kind of first you know, taught me what ISO, aperture, shutter speed, all that stuff was. Um, so that was really fun. Um, but I kind of fell in love. Like I kind of, that was like my intro to it. But my, my reason to start doing it was uh, when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school, um, I used to do, I actually still do, but um, a lot of like parkour and free running and cliff jumping um, I used to teach gymnastics, uh, my sophomore year of high school as well. So my friends and I, like our friend group was formed 
over this this idea of uh like free running and parkour so we would like go around our town and do all these flips and stuff and we started the youtube channel um so i bought a gopro and kind of started filming and editing our videos and just fell in love with how much i was enjoying that um so yeah that's basically how how it started i uh got that gopro and then i started getting more into iMovie finally changed over to Final Cut and then got a Canon T2i and just uh yeah it kind of started going up and up from there and uh my you know the kids in my town started kind of recognizing me as like the video kid and then I started doing you know videos for like birthday parties or like really small businesses in town and just kind of started expanding my my horizons for what I was doing and uh yeah, I think the I think the first video I ever got paid for was like two hundred fifty dollars for like this this girl's mom hired me to film her basketball game or something. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's pretty much how it started, and I just kind of grew from there. Started uh, getting more into it. Started getting slightly bigger businesses involved, and uh, started traveling. And then that's kind of how I ended up uh, where I am. That's amazing. I love that answer first of all uh second of all just kind of a follow-up not the official questions i'm going to ask you but what do you shoot on now um i now i shoot on a, a few different things um i have a my main camera is a sony a7s3 um which is changing my life oh my god it's the perfect camera it's incredible sony just put it out a few months ago and it's been such a game changer um but I also have uh, the Blackmagic Pocket 4K because sometimes uh, directors and DPs kind of specifically look for that to pair with a certain images. Um, it, it pairs with like Alexa Minis really well. So in the past, I've shot like BTS for bigger productions uh, that cameras involved. Uh, it has its limitations, but I like to keep it around. Um, and then for drones, I have a DJI Inspire 2, which is like their kind of bigger um cinema drone which i love and which has gotten me the opportunity to shoot a lot of um big stuff which is cool and and i also use the the mavic 2 really frequently i love that yeah see um what made me mad was i spent a long time probably about a year waiting to upgrade to sony out of canon 70d because I started getting into this, like, uh, I don't know, okay, I, I'll, I'll just give you a little backstory for me. I started with food challenges on YouTube when I was in the Marine Corps, and I'm a veteran turned creator. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I started watching Casey Neistat, which got me into filmmaking and photography and stuff like that, and he was running a Canon 70D, and there was an 80D out, but I was like, nope, Casey's using 70D, I'm going to get that one. And I remember somebody showed me an astro photo, like they took it with my camera and I realized how much more that like there was to learn about that camera and that got me into the photography. And then the videography aspect was just trying to better my image or better my videos, right? It's making YouTube videos and stuff. And right. I just switched to the Sony a7 III and I'm so mad or, or not really. It's great. I love the Sony a7 III, but right when I got it, then the a7s3 came out like it literally got <laughs> delivered i picked it up used it and was like oh gee thanks you know <laughs> yeah no i feel you that's a cool way to get your start that's awesome dude i, I think i think casey neistat honestly inspired all of us at one point or another that man is uh such a legend so sick um but dude i i feel you and 
having uh, having gear FOMO is so real. <laughs> it really is. But um, kind of been learning more and more like that. It's it's so much more. I mean, I kind of always knew it, but I've been really diving into more that it's just like so much more about like your lighting and your production value and so many other things. Like the A7 III is such a good camera, and like you know, I have great friends that make big bucks doing this full time and using that as their main camera. So that's sick. That's, oh yeah. That's sick. You picked it up. Um, but dude, yeah, I definitely feel you on the gear FOMO. I'll like, I'll, I'll have that same thing happen. Like so frequently I'll pick something up and then something new will come out or I'll just be like, ah, oh, shit, if I had this, if I had this, but, um, it's an easy cycle to get caught up in, but it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good to always just use yeah. the gear you have. Do you know how I get caught up in that cycle? Yeah. It's when I like I had my drone. I got the DJI Mavic Pro, mm-hmm. or DJI Mavic Pro, which I'm using now. I still got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I upgrade to drone, I'd need a more powerful reason first of all, because it still turns heads and is so pretty good. I want a bigger sensor. And anyway, we're not going to get into that. But having the Canon 70D, the the drone footage really stood out because it was 4K and it was just a lot better than the 70D. Right. And I have a GoPro Hero 5, right? So the GoPro Hero 5 and the 70D were similar. The drone kind of was what shot it out of the park. Right. Now using my Sony, right? Now the imagery on that is amazing. And then the drone starts to look like it's not as good because right. of the Sony, right? And then the GoPro, yeah. there's a clear difference between Sony right. and GoPro footage. And so what happens to me, I don't know if this happens to you, probably, I think it happens to all of us, but you get a new camera and all of a sudden your other cameras, like it's glaringly obvious that they're not as good. Yeah. And so you've got to upgrade the GoPro and the drone and the yeah. everything else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what sucks. That's where it like really sucks or, or not sucks, but like it's expensive. Yeah. Cause I would love the Sony a7S three for the simple fact that it, the one drawback for the Sony, I mean, it shoots 4K, right? And you got this big, like, um, file, right, 4K. But when you're editing in, like, Premiere, I, I edit Premiere, um, when you go from 4K to 1080, you've got to scale that 1080 up to the 4K, mm. right, for the for the slow motion shots. Right. And it would just be nice to shoot, like, 4K. I do stand-up comedy, so, right. like, I'll shoot 4K 30. And right. it would be nice to have that option to do 4K 30, 60, 120. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I want that camera so bad. But I love the a7 III because I can really grow into it. And I think that's important as a creator. I do want to say that. If you're using your gear and you just know every single thing about it, it's time to upgrade because you should have something you can grow into. And I was going to ask you, how is that black magic camera? I've heard mixed mixed things. Um, so it's, it's hard to talk shit about the black magic because – like the quality per dollar is unmatched like it's you know i got mine i got this i got this camera used on craigslist with like a canon adapter and like a 500 gigabyte ssd for like a thousand bucks and it's the image is so good it's amazing um there's there's tons of drawbacks to the camera um you know it has terrible battery life it has a micro four thirds sensor it's not good in low light and there's no in-body image stabilization so you know there's a lot of stuff to work around but for a thousand dollars getting 10 bit 4k 60 that looks that sharp it's like you know it's it's hard to it's hard to complain about it but um it definitely wouldn't be my you know my my everyday camera because the file sizes are big and you know it has those drawbacks but i'd say definitely definitely worth having that sounds like a good like 
Ronin camera, like something like when you're traveling, you're just in a weird yeah. place and you want to like pan off the side of a cliff. That'd be cool to have, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. It also has a huge that- LCD on the back, which makes me like really spoiled, even though like I love the A7S three so much better in terms of like what it can do. Like having that big ass screen on the back is so, so nice and so, so useful in shooting like kind of like run the gun stuff. Yeah. See, that was the other drawback of the A7 III. I have to exter- I have to have an external monitor mm-hmm. because it doesn't flip out, which, I mean, it ended up being a good thing because it, it, it kind of stepped me into other filmmaking aspects, like using the external monitor, um, just kind of like having that, you know, kind of experience and other things. Like, it has helped me grow a lot, like shooting flat profiles, color, correct- or color grading and correcting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of, like, growth in it. Yeah. But I still I look at that Sony A7S3 and I'm just counting the days until I get it. <laughs> just because the Sony A7 III stood the test of time. Imagine what the Sony A7S3 is gonna do. Dude, yeah, so true. And they spent so long for that like they waited so long for that camera to come out. Um I've been I had been shooting on the A7S2 for the last uh mainly for the last like almost three years, I think it is now. Um and the S two came out almost five years ago now which is insane so they took like four or five years to to pump out the, yeah. the, the third generation so you can bet your ass it's gonna be a sick camera so yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's gonna stand the test of time it's 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 incredible um what's well i think they were waiting for, yeah they were waiting for canon to have a competitor because right. why i switched from canon was there was nothing that was affordable right except one dx i did 120 frames right and there was just so many things Sony was like unmatched on mm-hmm. that when they recorded ev- or they they released everything else that A7S3 just pretty much like shit their bed for them. Oh, it really did. <laughs> I know, like the R5 came out and everyone was like, "Oh my god, like 8K and Canon, like that's <laughs> insane." And then it started overheating, got so much bad press, yeah. and then right when everyone was like, "Wow, the R5 is kind of shit," like or not shit, but like the R5 is like, you know, having all these big problems. They dropped the S3 and just like dropped the mic and walked yeah. off stage. And <laughs> yeah, dude, it was so funny because Canon's like, we put this together and then Sony kind of had like, oh, you got 8K? Cool. Well, we perfected everything else. So you can have exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And oh, honestly, my goodness. Who really needs 8K anyway? Yeah. Well, that, that like uh, period of time where all those cameras were dropping. Like Sony released like four, yeah. Canon released like four. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. I can only imagine like the YouTubers that had to buy and like return all four of those I cameras. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> we like you. You're sitting there with like sixteen thousand dollars, like getting mailed to you, and you're like, "Well, I hope nothing goes wrong because that would suck." I know. I know. I uh, <laughs> those gear reviewers, dude. They work so damn hard. It's definitely not for me but i very much appreciate uh, all the content they make see i'm trying to balance that with a work life um schedule but something a little different like well i mean we'll see what happens um that's off topic though i was going to ask you one more thing too mr a you were talking about him mm-hmm. uh, do you still talk to him is he a bit of a mentor if not who are some of your mentors or or the do you have any mentors at this current point right um yeah, I, I do still talk to Mr. A. I actually uh, just recently, uh, a few months ago, did a brand film for this um, for this program for my high school that uh, they basically take. It's called the ABC program. It stands for Better Chance. So they take uh, kids from New York City and kind of 
places with um, underdeveloped school systems and uh, more financially challenged uh, households, and they like bring them to the town I grew up in, um, and which has an amazing school system, and uh, you know let them live there, and they go and they go through the whole school system, and uh, it's a really it's a really cool thing. But anyway, he uh, I interviewed him, which for that project was just really fun. So it was like kind of kind of cool coming full circle and being able to like thank him and you know, have him involved in a brand film that I was, you know, now doing, which was fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, in terms of other mentors, um, I absolutely have so many other mentors and I don't know, like, it's not even specifically like people like telling me to do specific things or like how to, how to run my, my business better, or, like how to improve my certain crafts. But I guess it's just like, you know, watching them and pulling inspiration from work and just kind of talking, uh, with people. And I honestly, I, I, I find myself, you know, I'm so grateful for the fact that I feel like a lot of these mentors, you know, I used to like look up to as these untouchable, uh, guys that I, you know, now I'm able to like be working with and, um, be friends with. So it's, it's really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I would definitely name like, uh, Rory Kramer, it's definitely a big one um, who I've you know looked up to for years. I've been able to work with on a bunch of different projects, which has been cool. Um, also, one of my best friends, uh, Danny McGee. Um, I think you you guys you two have talked before, um, but he is you know we work together so much and we're you know like best friends and uh, it, it's it's cool because like. I feel like we, we get to like mentor each other. Like there's so many things that he's incredible at that I'm, you know, not quite as good at and vice versa. So it's cool just being able to like work with people that inspire you to grow in different ways that you don't always think to grow yourself. Um, and I think, I think that's just like the, the biggest thing with this job is just surrounding yourself with those people that you feel like when you're around them, you feel inspired to create stuff and you feel inspired to just like get better uh, and improve in the areas that you, you can. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I can't even tell you how pumped I am to like hear you say that. Like I am so pumped right now, and especially <laughs> like Rory Kramer. I love watching what he does. Yeah. I love seeing him, Sam. Co- like there's all these creators that I'm just super pumped to watch like succeed. And I will say, I'm on kind of the other end of the spectrum. Like, you're in L.A. I'm in Elko, Nevada, which is a tiny, tiny town. Mm -hmm. Um, Elko is actually bigger than where I was raised, Spring Creek, but I was actually born in Salt Lake City, Utah, right? Mm -hmm. I went to school out here. And so I'm kind of blazing a new path. Not to, like, pat myself on the back or say anything. Like, it's it's tough. It's hard. It's it's a grind. But I'm I'm from a town where – there isn't very many, very many creators. The photographers right. here are all married to people that work at the mine, so they're making six or their 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 husbands are making six figures, right. and they're just doing it to stay busy, right? Right. And there's one other videographer here which I've connected with and I love creating with, but I'm I'm kind of isolated, and so it's tough. It's tough to right. like sit there and be like, well, what do I do next? And have to like research instead of being able to ask somebody. Right. And uh, I've noticed like. I've noticed like you, yeah, you follow Danny. I've reached out to him. I reached out to Kevin. I reached out to like a few different people, but it's, I've noticed that like the creators I look up to, they all have the same community of creators following them or they're following the same people. Mm -hmm. So I looked and, and Danny's following you. Kevin's following you. And there's there's, like Rory's following you. And I've noticed they kind of like stick together. Like the higher you get, like, you know, 
the the more like the pool is I'm trying to figure out how to say this. The I guess the more yeah, just the more creators are in that pool, like the the ones you look up to anyways, right? Right. And so for me, just to wrap this up and get into my next question, it's just been hard to get like mentors or to get people that like create like I have to find people that do like that have certain aspects of what I want. Like I, if I'm, if I want to be a better fighter, I have to find somebody that's good at fighting. And right. then that, that like sharpens one aspect. Comedy is another aspect and just like mindset or yep. it's hard to find somebody that does the things that I do for right. me personally. Yeah. And so with that being said, um, how important is it to build an inner circle of creators and how do you do so? How do you get into that? Dude, it's, it's, it's the most important thing. Um, it's absolutely the most important thing by far. Nothing even comes close. Um, I think the way you do that is you honestly, you have to, you first of all, you just got to find exactly what you love to do um, and just fucking do it. And when you do it and you improve at it, like other people will notice. Um, it, it, it really seriously, like it's such a quality of life thing. Like with this job, like there's so much, so many long days and long nights and, uh, having those people around you seriously just make all the difference um in terms of you know just staying inspired and um i I don't know i think the way you do that is you you figure out a way to first of all it's one thing it's one thing i've encountered too is like sometimes some of the people that you look up to in terms of work um aren't always the people that like you enjoy spending time around or like necessarily um, I don't know, like being friends with, and I think that's obviously a really important aspect of it too. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna n- name specific names, but like there, you know, there's some people out here like, you know, similar to Rory's level that I, you know, have met and worked with, and just didn't really click with, and just didn't really um, kind of enjoy making videos with in the same in the same capacity, and like when you realize that even though that person might be you know so much higher up than you or like farther along the path and you have stuff to learn from them um if you don't click in that same way and don't feel like that that connection with them i have tried to uh not work with those people as much just because you kind of start going down a path and involved with more and more people in their circle that you don't really connect with in the same way and i think that's um not the best way to go about it but um yeah, I think the biggest thing is just like doing what you love and finding other people that are doing similar stuff and just reaching out and, uh, you know, providing value in ways you can and then just kind of going from there. Like, um, you know, I'll use Danny as another example. Like he uh, made some video called I Dropped Out like three, four years ago. Um, and I ended up seeing it on Facebook and I just hit him up uh basically just saying like dude sick video like we just chatted for a little bit and then i sent him a video that i had just made from a cross-country trip that i had just taken with some friends and we just kind of were been shooting the shit for like six months and uh when i was driving across the country again i stopped in colorado and we ended up hanging out having a great time and um you know then we met up in like indonesia and did it you know some trips together and then just kind of started hanging more and more and like now he's one of my best friends and we do work together all the time. Like every month we're on trips together doing different shit. Um, I think it's just, 
yeah, really just kind of pursuing those people that like inspire you and, uh, you know, just, uh, providing value you can and just, yeah, that's pretty much it, honestly. Like, but it's so, it's so important. Like having people around you that inspire you is just everything. Like it really is everything. I love that. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. One, I want to say off for the record, if you need another shooter, you need somebody else to back you up. Let me know. Oh, dude, I'm always yeah. down for an adventure. Hell Seriously. Yeah. Come through. No, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Any, anytime in LA, you're welcome. All right. Perfect. And two, if you ever want to go on a ride in the Wanabango, that's what I call the RV. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ever want to go somewhere, right? Like the stretch between Salt Lake to Denver or, or just anywhere. Like if you, if you have like a, you're like, Oh, you're going to Maine. That's cool. Let me fly in. We'll drive around and you can fly out from somewhere. Let me know too. Hell yeah. Offers dude, open. That sounds sick. Dude, that RV looks but, awesome. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, I call it, there's a few names I have. Um, my piece of wheel estate. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of sexual innuendos, which is funny because like, I don't even use it for that. It's like my creative dream machine, but the stabbing cabin, the wanna bango, right. like, it's just, it's funny. Like, um, it. yeah, I've been doing stand up out here, so we just come up with funny things about it. But it's 37 feet long. Amazing. And it's, oh, it's crazy. Have you seen the inside of it? No, no. I saw I saw some pictures of the outside on your Instagram, I think, but yeah. it looks wild. Well, if, you, if you're curious, look at the inside. It's on my Instagram as well. Um, it's 30 years old. It's got a backup camera on the back that's black and white, and nice. it's just retro. It's so sick. Hell I yeah. love it. It's It's been my dream for like five years now. That's so sick. But thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's crazy though, because like um, what you were talking about with people, like you have to understand, or not you, but like the audience has to understand that a lot of these people, like they've been isolated for so long, working on things for so long, or they get a level of success, and then the people that hit them up all want something, exactly. and so they have a tendency to push back and just nope. I don't want your time. And then there's just like power shift, right? They don't mm-hmm. look at you as like a peer. They look at you as somebody that is like baggage almost because yeah. they have to teach you or because, you know, that that's where um, approaching people, I will say one big thing for me is I have to approach people as a peer and not as a fan. Otherwise, it is not a good situation working with them. Yeah, that's that's really true and really important. Yeah, because, I mean, if you go to somebody, you're like, I love your work. Oh, my gosh. It already puts them in their mind. Oh, this is another – especially if they're big, they're going to get that a lot. Um, but it puts them in their mind, oh, they're not confident in what they do. They look up to me. They're a fan, but they're looking to learn. And when you have that power, you know, that, that power switch um, where they're ahead of you and not, like, alongside you, that is a huge, huge thing when you're working with people. That's, yeah. like it, – it's going to be the difference between – being able to go to to Bali with somebody and create like alongside each other and just doing a behind the scenes shoot for, you right. know, a documentary or something or, or just a video shoot that they're doing. Right. I, I do want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that was one thing I had to learn the hard way. Like I remember when I got out of the military, I lived in six States in a year and a half. I moved around. And so a lot of people I had to uh, see were in person, right. you know? And so I had to like figure that out quick. Cause like I said, I'm isolated. I, I don't want to say isolated, but like, how many great creators do you know from Nevada? Right. right? And yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a few, I'm sure there's a couple. I'm not saying that there's not, but it's, it's more common to hear LA and New York and Denver. And when you hear, hear creators moving, they're going to those two hubs, right. um, specifically LA and New York. And so it's just one of yeah. those things. I'm sure there's somebody in Iowa right now and everywhere else. It's thinking the same thing, but 
I mean, that's kind of the struggle with the small town creator. Totally. So that's that's why I ask that. And then um, I wanted to ask you, like, with, with that being said, how do you take yourself to the next level as a creator, money-wise, quality of work, and and just with connections? Dude, it honestly, um, I mean, it's a it's a bunch of different things, but um, I think one of the biggest things is just like keeping yourself uh, stoked the whole time. Like, it, it sounds funny, but like if you like one big thing for me is I, I never want to fall into a routine of like doing the same thing, even if it's like something really cool and video related. Um, I'm always trying to find and like accept jobs that are like something I haven't really done before or something I feel like I'm almost not even like completely confident, like that, like it's going to be, you know, easy or incredibly smooth. It, it, you know, it always is, but like just getting, having doing jobs that like push you out of your comfort zone and just do you make you learn things that you haven't been used to doing in the past is really sick um it just kind of like pushes your skills and makes you learn in new ways which i think is awesome um but it's really just like again like meeting those right people and just like continuing to work with them and just growing your skills the whole time just i i, I think when the thing that's interesting with like the uh, YouTube era is like a lot of people are seeing success from people who are teaching. So they are instinctively, you know, getting a YouTube channel and then like doing gear reviews or like teaching people how to do this and how to do that. And by putting so much time and effort into that, they're, um, not really expanding and learning themselves and their skills as much. Um, and you know, just getting better at what you do is a great way to, you know, meet more people, expand your network and, you know, make more money. Um, so that's been one thing for me is like, I I've just really been doing a lot of, I really do a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. Like, you know, I have, I have a following on Instagram. It's not, you know, insane, but like, I, I just like in 2020, I think I posted like 15 times or something, you know, not one of those guys that's always sharing everything I do all the time. And that's just because behind the scenes, you know, I'm, I'm DMing people, I'm talking to different people. I'm just doing like the best job possible I can on every piece of work that I do. Um, because that's what makes it fun for me is making something that I'm truly proud of and being able to look at the vast, the last video and be like, wow, like that's like the best thing that I've made. And like being able to say that with every project moving forward, um, it's just something that kind of, you know, keeps me stoked and, then you know eventually gets word of mouth of different people talking about you and spreading you around and that's what gets you the next job and the next job and um stuff bigger and bigger but it's honestly just like it's just putting your all into like every project and you know i i really try and do that because you know a that's just gonna get you more work down the road and also b it's just like not as fun if i'm not doing that because you know, the, the main reason that I want to make more money is so that I can buy different gear and do more traveling and do more video stuff like this. It's truly what I love to do. So, um, I think doing anything that you can that promotes that, uh, is, is the move in terms of, you know, growing your network and getting, you know, higher financial opportunities. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm in that same boat. Like, 
I want money not for money's purpose, but for what I can do with money. Like I can do amazing things with money. And it's just great to have that because people villainize, villainize money. Like we'll just cover this real quick, but like they villainize money. They, they look at you if you have too much. They're like, oh, you know, like tax the rich. You know, they, they, they like make everybody ahead of them the bad guy. Or, or no, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people. It's very common. Like. Right. You know, like, oh, that creator's only that good, right? Um, because, you know, <laughs> because of the gear, because right. of this. or th- There's always a reason that they're above them, and it's it's out of their control, right? Like that victim mindset. And I've noticed that a lot, mm-hmm. that, that kind of like, that like toxic, you know, creator, like, or I guess just people, but like with like smaller creators that are kind of, that have been stuck for a while. Right. Like there's people that are climbing out of, you know, a pit, and and getting ahead right but they've got to spend that money that's why i say pit is they got to spend that money they got to invest all this time and effort in something that may not may work out and they have to climb their way out of that hole before they even make any ground and those are the people that i love to meet and work with and i, I do want to say like eighteen thousand people i mean that's a lot of eyes potentially right that you have and more importantly it's the people that follow you back like um back to kind of that the, that negative mentality like i know um I loved when Sam Newton put out those uh, songs. I listened to them, and they were just, like, catchy. They were creative, and I just loved it. But I saw a lot of people that, that uh, said, stick to, to videos, stick to photos, stick to, like, media because music's not it. But I was looking, and I'm like, the production value and everything on that was just cr- insane, right? Yeah. The amount of work. And that's the first thing that you're going to put into the universe, right, instead of just saying and acknowledging that, like, wow, that's a great project that you worked on. Right. Um, but I noticed the people that follow you back, you know, there's a lot of people that I look up or that I see on Instagram all the time, like that blonde kid, Kevin Issa, mm-hmm. Brendan Hayward, Sam Newton, Danny McGee. And that's what I, Roy Kramer. That's what I meant. Like, um, when I do say that, like, it seems like the, the creators you look up to all have like, they're, they're in that same pool. And so it's just cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I covered a lot there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you're kidding. But, uh, yeah, just to kind of go back and touch up a little bit. So, you know, we talked about who you look up to as a creator and who who you like emulate and stuff like that. Um, but what was it that kind of called you to create, and what obstacle did you have to overcome? Like, yeah, we'll just start. We'll just start there. Um, dude, honestly, I I I don't know if I can even point to something specific. That's what called me to create. Like. Like I said, when I started doing it with my friends, free running and parkour, like I just like oh sorry, one second here. Um I just like loved it the whole time and like I haven't stopped. Like it's just been such an amazing thing for me. And every time I finish a project, I'm just like looking towards the next one. Um and dude, I don't know. I it's it's so hard to explain. I just like don't want to do anything else. Like I have such a good time with this and like everything I do is in some way motivated by the fact that I want to do more of this stuff. Like, and it's been so fucking cool the last few years, just like being able to look back and, you know, see kind of where I've come from and been like, wow, if I was myself three years ago and I saw what my schedule for the next couple months was going to be like now I would freak the hell out. Like, and it's such a cool, um, cool thing to be able to say that and uh yeah it's just been incredible honestly but um 
the biggest thing I think even to answer that question too is like just again being around those people that just make you inspired and just that you really enjoy creating stuff with and being around dude that's amazing like literally I I, I agree 100% um, if I thought I did, was going to disagree on anything you said though, to be fair, I don't think I'd have had you on this podcast, but like, I love it. I, I just love like, um, one of my favorite things is the better a creator is right. Or the higher they are for the most part, it's kind of like martial arts, right? I think that, um, it's great for people to learn on YouTube because in jujitsu, they have something where, you know, you, you work to get the, the belt, like say you, you work to get your white belt. Well, after you get your white belt, now you have to teach that white belt to other people because it right. ingrains it into your brain on both sides. Like you have to learn how to do it. And then not only that, but once you learn how to do it and you master it, now you have to learn how to teach it to somebody and it kind of covers all ground. And I love that. But to continue what I was saying, I love how the better the creators are, like a lot of them for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's some exceptions to the rule just like anything else but a lot of them very humble right especially in that like mid range not not necessarily like at the uh sam colder level i haven't met anybody there but um just as far as the fact that they know their stuff is dope they they're like level four mastery right we would say that there's like four levels of mastery they're let or a five or okay say there's four levels of mastery they're like level three and they're right they're like crossing that threshold right those kind of people and it's funny to watch them see, like they they they're what they create is dope, and they know they make amazing things. But they also know that there is better people out there, and there's better creators, and there's bigger followings. And they kind of get that like following doesn't matter, gear doesn't matter, you know, or, or or like um, these like petty like outside things don't matter. What it is is the connections and the mentality and the desire and the inspiration and everything else. And so it's cool to see that like humble attitude yeah absolutely and that's honestly one of the coolest things is to um you know when you climb the ladder and you see these people that are you know have made these big names for themselves and you see that they're just kind of like the same the same people that you are and it's like a funny thing to say but like it's just it's really wild like as you kind of go up and up to see these people like just doing the same shit you're doing um just at a bigger scale and the cool thing is like the feelings don't really change like if you have that passion from the beginning um it, it like the feelings stay the same whether you're doing like a 100 hundred dollar project with a friend or like a ten thousand dollar project with you know some bigger company like it's the same core feelings that feel the same the whole way which i think is is so sick yeah like seriously like um I always treasure like the memories I have with like there's certain creators like I've gotten a couple of people on here that surprise me on the podcast like just reaching out you'd be surprised how many people will say yes and like with you I was I, I was pleasantly surprised and you said yeah let's do it you know um, I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard of exploring with Cody have you heard of him and exploring with Josh uh, I don't think I have I'm not sure well he he does a lot of cool stuff too and I had him on the podcast and it was one of those things that like. It was cool because he's ahead of me, right? I'll say that. He's got his mm -hmm. TV show. He's got, like, a lot of good things going for him. But it was mm -hmm. cool to, like – because I've had an experience with him in real real life. Like, um, I don't know if you've heard, ever heard of Gabe DeSanti. I have heard that name, yeah. Yeah? He's in New York. I met him um, – I forgot how I met him. I think I did, like, a photography challenge. I crossed paths with him. I reached out on Instagram. Probably, probably something like that. But I went to, like, a photo workshop he had going on one time with uh, mm -hmm. B&H Photo. 
And I was nice. able to connect with him and we went on a shoot, just walked around Manhattan. And then there was one time I hung out with him and Cody and we went and ate the world's largest slice of pizza, right? Like he recorded <laughs> it and we put it on YouTube and, or Cody That's did awesome. and Gabe was there. They were taking photos, they're doing stuff. And it was cool to like <laughs> do something regular, like, like have the creation there, but like riding a train, talk to him and do something that's like every day, you know, getting a slice of pizza, albeit right. two feet long, you know? Yeah. And it was just <laughs> funny. Yeah. Cause it was, it was weird because at that moment they kind of stepped into my realm. Like I uh, exactly. ended up getting, yeah, getting into creativity because, or getting into creating because I, mean, I told you I started with food challenges because uh, after being in boot camp, running so much and working out so much, I was really lean. And I was like, hey, let me do a bodybuilding competition. And I prepped and I prepped for like months. And then uh, I, I was paying out money left and right, like in coaching and everything else. And I remember I ended up gra- or, uh, getting into class earlier than I was supposed to. And so I was, mi- was going to miss a show. And instead of just stopping and, and sulking, I went, okay well, what could I do now? And for some reason, I'm like, well, right. I, you know, in my mind at the time, I bought a camcorder and I was like, well, if I'm going to make YouTube videos, I have to do something better than somebody else. What can I do? Right. I can eat food, you know? Right. And it was just this funny thing. So it was just like full circle at that moment for me. Yeah, dude, it, it, that's, that's such a cool way to put it too. Like I, it is, I, I feel like I've had that similar experience too, where you get to um, I, I think what it is, especially with social media and stuff that you kind of like look up to these people, um, as almost like untouchables in a way. Um, but seeing them do like these kind of humanizing things is so interesting because you just kind of connect on a, a certain level and you kind of realize that they're not like, you know, all, you know, so much above you or like so different from you. Like they're really not like, they're just, they're just, they're just fucking people. And like, um, it's cool to see them envir- in that environment. I think that's why like all those, you know, big YouTube channels who like have, uh, you know, stuff like, uh, all those like fun, like quirky game show almost type studio vibes that they put famous people in and like have them, you know, like eat gross food or like, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen like hot ones or something? Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like just kind of when you put these people in those like environments that are like so out of their comfort zone or like or more just kind of like normal things that you can connect to. It's interesting because you, you just really see the human in them um, instead of the brand and the skill and the whatever it is that makes them uh, makes them famous. So, yeah, it's interesting to just kind of realize that you're so much the same as these people and you can be where they are and you can do what they do. It's just about, um, you know, changing your mindset. Yeah. So. What comes to mind when you say that is Mr. Beast because you see him on his channel and he's so like – it seems to be so outgoing and he like, like this nice dude and he's giving away right. money and he's, he's got this huge following. But when you see him get interviewed by Casey Neistat when he's going right. And you see, yep. he's kind of like timid and nervous yeah. and yeah. you know, it's crazy to see that. Like just, I wouldn't have noticed that if I wouldn't have uh, like, like seen it before with like other creators. Right. But you get this right. like persona and you think that, you know, um, Let's see, just just all these creators you look up to. I'm not even going to name drop anybody now, but you think that they don't ever stress about money. They don't ever have right. bad days. Every workout they do is perfect. Their diet is perfect. You don't think that they ever right. like go in, in periods of their life where they get fat or they get sad or they get uninspired or anything like that because it's just it's kind of like the same trap of social media. Like you're showcasing your best, and if you're doing social media right, right as a creator, 
your best should become your worst at some point, right? So let photos right. you put out just get better and better and better and better. And what are you going to showcase? Are you going to showcase you at your fattest? Are you going to showcase you at your saddest? No. Right. You're going to showcase what's great. And what's hard to like grasp too is people will literally go on these adventures and then post about them for like a month afterwards and right. not even be going on adventures. But in your mind, you're like, man, they spent the whole month in like Mexico or Bali or like all these great places. Right. So it's just... It's a uh, double-edged sword in a sense. It totally is. Yeah. And you can, you know, I think that's what it is. It's just being like aware of how that system works and just, you know, pulling the good things from it and just making sure you're aware of the negative side effects of, you know, what social media does. Um, Because there's really so much to learn from it, but you you can really get mentally screwed, you know, if you like take it in, um, in the way that, you know, people people kind of craft their accounts to look like but um i just think if you yeah if you kind of adjust your mindset it can be really just be inspiring and give you cool ideas to to fuel more work which i think is awesome yeah i agree i one of my mantras is the key to a better life is better problems right if instead your problem isn't oh what day should i shoot it's how should i lay out my instagram that's a pretty good problem instead of you know how the hell do i color correct you go to uh what color scheme should i use you know Dude, it, that's like, like, amazing. Yeah, go ahead. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. I, 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 uh, I th- one of my favorite quotes I think you have all time, which is almost, you know, exactly like that, is happiness is just finding the problems you like solving and solving them. Um, I love that. Yeah, which is, I don't know, it's just one of those things too that I've, um, come to come to realize is, like, there's just no. There's no point. There's no, and this is such a cliche and classic thing to say, but there, there truly is no point that you get to, and you turn around and you're like, sick. Like here I am. Like this is, this is it. Like I've did it. And now what? You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, that, that point never happens, no matter how successful you get and what you do. So, what you're doing is just the most important thing. There's, there's no, there's nothing else besides what you're doing, and that's kind of what I was saying with like the you know, whether you're working on a $100 job with a friend versus a $10,000 job with a brand and friends. Cause you know, I, I've done both and they, they feel the same. And like, it's just so, it's so important to just make sure that every day you're waking up and you're focusing on stuff that you truly love doing and just the problems that you really love solving. So yeah, I just love that. I love that, that, uh, that attitude. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, it's human nature. When you climb to the top of a mountain, when you get to the top of a wave, when you travel somewhere new, right? You're not even you're you're not even out of that place yet. You're not even hiking down the mountain. You're not even finished riding that wave before you're thinking, you know, how do I get to the next one? Right. You know, where am I going next? What mountain am I climbing next? So you get to the top of something and that keeps you going. And it's very great because it's really great for evolution, right? And it's gonna help you grow. Um it's just it's one of those things you have to be aware of. And that's why one of the things I do is I find things to be grateful for every day, even if I'm down, even if things are going wrong. Right. Because at the end of the day, um, road trip nation, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they have a saying, I actually followed them, bought their book. And then I wrote in a journal about my RV dreams. And less than a week later, I bought my RV. It was crazy. (laughs) But I will say that when they, one thing they said was, if you're not lost, you're not much of an explorer. Right. Yeah. So if you if you know what you're doing, you're not really growing. 
like with this podcast. I mean, I'm two and a half seasons in now, so it's it's I've got like a baseline, right? But could it be better? Absolutely. But when I got started, how did I start? Yeah. By talking, you know, like <laughs> rambling to myself about whatever problems I have at the yeah. time, you yeah. know, it, it's just, yeah, I think that's one thing as a creator is you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to take a leap of faith. You have to be willing to do things that, you know, and act like you know what you're doing, even though you have no fucking Dude. idea. You're monitoring audio and you're like, wow, I guess that looks yeah. right. So true. And the thing is, is that you know? never stops. Like it never stops. Like even, you know, people like, uh, you know, like Rory or Jeremiah, like one blonde kid, like they're taking on these projects that are like so big for them, you know, and they're still in that state of discomfort and like, that just never stops. So it's just like, you gotta, you gotta love that. You gotta love that problem. You gotta love, like, Mm -hmm. you gotta love being like, Oh shit. Is this, is this going to be possible? I think so. Like I'm going to, you know, and just, (laughs) and use all those skills that you've built up. Um, and just, and just throw them forward and just get everything you got. Um, and just do it constantly and, and love that. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And if you're not, I, I don't know. I think it's one of the best feelings to have. You're like on a set, you're like sweating. You can feel yourself sweating cause you're nervous. And then you have a client looking at you and the lights are hot and the camera's going and you have to double check the battery and the exposure yep. and everything about it. And you're like going through this huge checklist four times, you know, just in case, yep. you know, and it's always the simple stuff you mess up on, but like, it's funny to like, go through this like mental panic or not even panic but you're just like i hope this turns yeah. out you know that that like prayer when you make that leap of faith and you look at that client right in the eyes and like um and you just act like you know what you're doing but in your head you like you look back and you're like i killed that project or oh i shit the bed <laughs> but like you know you have to have that composure yeah. you can't just go up to somebody and say hey i wonder how you monitor uh you know right. audio or or color correct because then they're gonna look at you and be like give me yeah. my money back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, it's always something too. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, at this point, like I've got, you know, those skills down, but you know, I, I found myself in situations recently, like where, you know, I'll be like, Oh wow. Like I'm like directing 12 people for this video. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm prepping gear. I'm doing all this stuff. Like I'm, you know, I'm using like a red camera. Like I've never really done that before. Like, or I'm, you know, shooting with these high profile people that I'm not used to being around or, um, you know, stuff like that. Like, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I actually haven't posted about this on socials yet, but, um, I'm not really allowed to share the footage cause, uh, it's, it's owned, but I, uh, on new year's Eve, I shot Justin Bieber's, um, new year's Eve performance, uh, at, with Rory, right? Yeah, with Rory and Matt Como and Jeremiah and um, Evan Paterakis and uh, Joseph Shaw as well. And we, I, I was, you know, flying the Inspire 2 um, for, you know, the whole set. And, like, this was one of those things where, like, I was up there on the roof and I had to get so much clearance and there was a, a drone show going on. And I had to worry about, you know, there was really intense wind and I had to, you know, cycle my batteries and, like, it was just all these things that, um, you know, I hadn't specifically done before in that exact situation, or at least had all those challenges thrown at me all at the same time or in that order. But you're just kind of like relying on, you know, the practice that you've built up over the years and all those skills to, to be reflexive and to, you know, be like, yes, I can do it. And even though the stakes are high, just 
uh, you know, really push through and, and just do it and just say yes. I think that's just the biggest thing. It's just saying yes. Like, um, yeah, you know, just my, one of my favorite movies is yes, man. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah, dude, totally. Like when he's doing a wheelie on that motorcycle and his butt shows, <laughs> that's like my life. Yeah. Amazing analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like you got to cover your own yeah. ass. That's, that's, that's life. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's amazing. Cause Everybody look like looks at the big things, but it's the small things that build you up. It's the small things that get you there, right? Your daily practices, how you compose yourself, like you said, the practice, yeah. right? And one thing people overlook is you have to be social. You have to. I mean, you get used to being able to look at a camera and act as a YouTuber, right? But being behind the camera, there's a lot of creators that aren't big because they're shy. They don't want to share aspects of themselves, and so they'll shoot cool things. But like, I think social is just as important as anything else and the energy that you have and are perceived as right. Cause if you have a negative energy, it le- well, I'm going to say this. One of the things that has been big this year for me is, you know, your, uh, thoughts mm-hmm. turn in or, or your, your words turn into thoughts, which turn into actions. Right. And so if you're saying negative things about yourself or about any situation that turns into negative thoughts, which turns into negative things, whereas if it's positive, right, like saying that I'm never going to meet this person is going to be the biggest way to ensure you never meet them. Whereas if you're like, man, I'm going to buy an RV and then you start thinking about the RV and then it leads to you scrolling through social media and finding an RV and then buying an RV that that those words turn into thoughts, turn into an action. And so keep that Mm -hmm. in mind. Whatever you're trying to learn, whatever you're trying to do, that's a huge aspect of it. Yeah, it is. It is so true. And uh, you know, my my mom always like kind of drilled this into me when I was younger. But it's it's like if you can if you can visualize it, you can do it. Like it, it and it's such a it's such a big thing. If you can't like picture yourself doing it and say it out loud and like make the goal, like that that's just like the most important thing ever. And like yeah, it, it is, it is tough to see sometimes people being, you know, self-deprecating or like putting bar- these barriers up and obstacles in front of them. And, you know, people finding, finding the reasons why they can't do something instead of really looking for the reasons that they can, because there are always reasons you can, if you look for them. And, um, if you just focus on those and work on those, like you'll just be making small steps every day. And then in a year you'll stand up and look around and be like, holy shit, look how far I just walked. Like, um, so yeah, I think that's really, that's really sick. Well, most of the time there's more reasons why you can do something than can't. Um, and so, I mean, for me, my biggest, like, I don't know, inspiration has been like when I go to the gym, like with the COVID stuff, we all have things that went wrong. I was training for a powerlifting competition, mm-hmm. totally opposite. Right. And then I, I, uh, was getting my numbers up. I had like all these things in place and then COVID, you know, the powerlifting things got canceled well, now I'm trying to just live a healthy life. And the big thing has been uh, entrepreneurs like Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, all these like, you know, power minds, Gary V, of course, right. you know, um, have been keeping me going. And so those things that they've been saying have been ringing true in my life. And I've been able to like make it, you know, transfer into my creativity mm-hmm. as well, which has been great. Um, but back to what you were saying about Justin Bieber, funny enough. I believe, I don't know if it was right before or right after, but he was living in the RV, right, with his wife Mm -hmm. now. And they actually drove through here. And, yeah, they were staying at the Double Dice RV park, rented out the entire park. Nobody's allowed to get close, right? right? Uh, It was funny. And so you you see all this stuff going on, and I'm just going to ask you, I don't know. I don't know what your answer is going to be, but I was just going to say, like, 
I, I feel like before I, I say this, I'm going to make a prediction that meeting Justin Bieber could either be like one of the coolest things, or one of the shittiest things. Cause sometimes what is it? Um, with some people, I'm not going to say him, uh, per se. Cause every time I've seen him online, he seemed like a pretty cool dude, but with like a lot, like I've, I've heard one of the worst things you can do is meet your idols. Right. And if it's, if it's somebody that's just like portraying somebody and ends up being a total right. shit show, it, it can be such a unmotivated. Right. right. But how was it? How was that? Um, how was it hanging out with him? I'm, I'm not asking you like to talk shit or like, like hype him no, up or no anything, worries. but just like, um, dude. So we actually like the, I, so we didn't actually like hang out in the, in a, in the sense, like he, the way that it works with people like of that size, like in the way that I was brought on was super last minute. Um, so we were honestly like the, our whole video crew was like busy gear prepping and planning and doing production stuff. And he doesn't even, he wasn't even like out until basically five minutes before the performance. Um, so we didn't actually talk face to face. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally understand what, what you're saying in that sense of like, it is sometimes hard to meet those people, especially with social media, like you build up these images of how people are and how they should be. And the thing about Instagram and different social media is like, these are brands, you know, these are brands of people and they're a way, a means to create income. And some people are incredibly good at portraying themselves exactly as how they are over their socials. And that works for them. But a lot of people, you know, it's, it's more their brand and like, it's not necessarily exactly who they are or how they are. And it's not always their fault, but it's a very hard thing to do to be like completely authentic on social media. And I, you know, it's something that I've been working at and trying hard at for, for a long time is like, how do I truly connect with the people that follow me and how do I truly portray who I am? Um, especially since, you know, my work isn't really about me. It's about the things I like to film and, uh, and do. So, um, I think the thing with like meeting your idols like that is you just got to kind of keep an open mind and realize that they're not exactly, they're not always going to be exactly who you thought they were. Um, whether it's in a good way or bad way, just kind of realize that, uh, social media is curated in that way. But I think regardless of even if someone's exactly who you thought there were, if, if someone isn't exactly who you thought they were, um, there's always something truly positive you can pull from, you know, every interaction you ever have. Um, so yeah, no, that's definitely, it's definitely an interesting thing and that can happen sometimes. And I find myself in that situation more and more, you know, just living out here in LA. Um, it, it's just, there's so many creators around and I'm always meeting all these people that I've seen online. So yeah, it's an interesting thing to, to kind of know someone before you know them. Um, but it's just kind of one of those things where you gotta keep an open mind and just be yourself. So I love that. And that's such a powerful perspective to have. Cause like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of one sided on social media. You'll see Justin or, or, or I'm not even gonna talk about him. You'll see someone post about like, like about themselves, like 400 times in a year. Right. right? So that year that you've been following them, you see like 400 right. posts. And then you, wh wh when they say all these things, you feel like you know them. I feel like that's really like prominent with Casey Neistat is when you have that much intimate like parts of someone's life, the way you approach them. And I think like what you're saying too, like correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that also comes down to being a fan versus being a peer, right? right? 
like when you go up to somebody you know like we go back to that full circle funny enough but you know like casey neistat people approach him and they're like how are you and candace doing and then they they get mad when he's rude and they're like hey it's you know he's not he's like it's not your business right right but it's it's such a weird thing to just be walking around and then have all these people that feel like they know you and you've never seen them before in your life so i can kind of sympathize with both sides of that yeah i totally feel you yeah but and now we're gonna get toward like kind of wrapping up this episode a little bit i wanted to address one more thing creator to creator el mano to el mano is that how you say (laughs) is that the correct thing to say Mono e mono e mono. That's ah, what it is. That's go. what it is. Yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about gear, right? Let's. I mean, not even if it matters or not, because I've covered that in an episode. But just in the aspect of how frustrating is it to buy something and then something else that just precedes it, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah, follows it up is just like two times as good. Or when you get like a new camera and you've got the same drone or GoPro and you just watch the change in quality in everything else and now you're like, frick, now I've got to upgrade my drone and your GoPro and that $3,000 purchase turns into a $10,000 purchase because of the lens and the GoPro and the drone and everything else. Yeah, dude, honestly, that's just like such a common problem that a lot of people have and like, ugh, dude, I- I've definitely had that uh, that kind of thing happen. <laughs> But it's just about, like, honestly, one of the things is, like, gear matching and just getting better at, like, image matching and just, like, um, you know, when something else comes out. This is a a thing that I've, like, dealt with a lot with, um, you know, working with other people is just getting better at, like, image matching and editing. So just, like, figuring out how to make different cameras look good and adjust your lighting and everything in order to make that possible is super, super, uh, super important. But dude, yeah. Gear FOMO is a, is a huge thing for sure. <laughs> I just think it's a funny problem yeah. to have. Cause it's like, it's like, if you're like not quite that like really great creator and you're starting your business, it's like funny to have like a, like for me, I've got a GoPro hero five that I've got, I need to upgrade. Um, yeah, because I, I had two of them. One of them I lost in the ocean kayaking. No way. And the other one, like, now I just use – I don't use it enough to have justified buying a new one by now, yeah. right? And then the drone, like, I, like the first thing that happens when I get a new camera is I'm like, okay, you know, what else do I need to upgrade instead of let me make this yeah. work? And it's such a frustrating thing because when you do make that video project and you do get that GoPro footage and you look at it and you're like – oh, that 4K doesn't look like that 4K. Or even worse, like when your iPhone, have you ever gotten like something you shot with an iPhone and it looks amazing on the screen yeah. there, but you put it on your computer oh, and you're yeah. like, you what see, in the F is that? that small sensor over sharpening look and yeah, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, or even like the ISO because it's too right. dark and you're like, oh my I gosh. Know. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny because like... <laughs> What do you do? Do you just nut up and like spend this extra money that you you could use somewhere else just to look better, right? That's why I, I admire Casey Neistat so much because he says um, three okay shots is better than one perfect shot because three shots tells right. a story and one shot showcases a yeah. place, right? And it's so true. Like make do with what you can with what you right. have, right? Because that's the other frustrating thing. You spend like $2,000 on a camera. You use it for a year, you get a new camera, and you're like, cool, that's going to be my second camera. But the quality difference is so big that you're like, I can't use it. And then you just you just have it sitting there, collecting yeah. dust. 
Yeah, dude, I totally feel you. You know? It's just one of those things, too. Like, honestly, like, it, you know, and this is like a marketing thing. This is such a big thing that happens, um, like, all over the time, all over the place. And, like, you just have to focus on the other aspects of filmmaking because it's so true that, like, you know, three okay shots are better than one amazing shot. But the thing is, is, like, you can get three okay shots with what you have. And you can change your lighting, you can change your story, and you can do all these other things that improve filmmaking. But the thing with, you know, marketing and the way that it's portrayed to everyone is, you know, working on those things doesn't really make money for corporations. So um, we're not really seeing that, like, thrown in our face as much. And, like, that kind of thing isn't told to us nearly as much as it is to, like, buy new gear and buy new stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely super important to try and expand on those other things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love Breaking Bad for the simple fact that – or even, like, Community. Those are two shows that I enjoy watching. Or documentaries are really prominent, too, because, like, you'll see, like, shots in Breaking Bad where the camera's shaky, right? Right. And it's not necessarily that they didn't plan it like that. But they do that to give you a feeling. They do that to give you like certain something else when they could have just bought or or used a ten thousand dollar, you know, gimbal they have yeah. or something like that. Yeah. They instead make the shot imperfect to help you connect with what they're creating. Totally. totally. I've actually started. So it's just crazy to I've see. I've actually started doing that more too, um, which is kind of interesting you say that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, since I've since getting the A seven S three too, I've been shooting more handheld and just kind of like realizing like what that sort of high budget handheld look does and um you know even like you know (laughs) nike commercials and shit like they'll you know when you're when you're portraying that intensity it's a really cool really cool tool to use so i've been really really enjoying that imagine being so good at creating you've got to like take it down a notch (laughs) you're like my hands are so smooth i gotta actually like act like i have parkinson's oh my god (laughs) Nothing like the park. It's like you're scam. like, oh, this image stabilizer is too good. Yeah, dude. This is I mean, this is really too professional looking for me. We're going to have to shake this around. <laughs> yeah. You, it's even funnier when you do it in post. You're like, yeah, that looks too good. You're going to have to fuck it up a little bit. Add that little handheld shake. I've done that. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think it's funny. Like, it's great. And it, it helps you grow with the key framing and everything else. It's, it's, it's amazing. But it's just a funny, like, thought to have like you spend all this time trying to stabilize getting gimbals everything else and then you get these smooth shots and you're like huh actually no right it's so funny <laughs> you're like we gotta we gotta change that <laughs> that's too good uh dude honestly like uh one thing i'm trying to do or uh, i gotta stop saying that one thing i am doing i'm gonna create my first documentary this year and i don't know how it's gonna turn out or what it's gonna look like but february 20th i'm moving from nevada to North Carolina. No way. And I'm driving across the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going over there because it's warmer on the coast mm-hmm. over there. And I got a buddy, an old uh, veteran buddy, Marine Corps, you know, someone I served uh-huh. with. And we're going to do some work, make some money, make some connections. And I'm going to start traveling the country after that. Like, um, oh, I don't even know, like, how the hell I'm going to make money other than the fact that I'm just going to go to the Chamber of Commerce, connect with entrepreneurs. I'm going to get a stack of business cards. And I'm going to be there for a couple weeks or whatever else and just call, 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 do these projects, hope they lead into something else, um, grow my personal brand and just, just grind my face off in an effort to find out where I want to live. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's the move. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be such a funny thing. Cause I'm literally, I've got the place I'm going to like 
sit and sleep for the night, right? right? And I'm, I already have a drone shot in mind. I already got like an opening thing. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to talk about, which I'm probably going to talk about taking a leap of faith in the documentary and call it on the road again or something, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just going to document probably the two weeks it's going to take to get across the country. Because nice. I'm going to do um, a stand-up set nice um, in Salt Lake, and I'm going to go to Denver and probably try to snowboard, and I'm going to try to meet up with people, and it's just going to be... You know, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't want to have too much expectation with it, but, like, dude, it's... That's sick. Life is crazy. Yeah. Thank you. Of (laughs) course. Dude, the more... Yeah, like, I went from, like, this isolated, like... Or not, I don't want to say isolated person. Like, like I travel around, but always coming back to Nevada is hard because I I lose that momentum. And so I'm I'm hoping, or I'm pretty confident that when I'm in that RV, it's just going to be a huge buildup of momentum. Cause I will tell you since COVID started, I have grown so much in every aspect of my creating. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I actually kind of feel similarly. Um, I mean, I guess one aspect of it for me at least is that, you know, once COVID hit, all these brands started increasing their online presence and needing more video content. So I've just been busier, but it is interesting that although like a lot of, you know, different parts of our lives have slowed down from the pandemic, like it's kind of skyrocketed a few other things. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, I could talk about COVID all day, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, uh, I think we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you so much for, you know, being on here. I appreciate everything you said. You've had some really great insights, amazing perspectives. You know, I feel like this episode can help a lot of people. And I just, like I said, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. It has been a genuinely great hour talking to you. And then if there's anything you want to close with, feel free. You know, there's no no pressure, no time crunch or anything. Um, and just tell people where they can follow you. And yeah. Dude. Yeah, Let's finish dude, this thank thing up. you so much. Um, yeah, this was a really fun thing. This is actually my first podcast, which is which is super fun. Um, yeah, had a, had a fucking great time. But uh, yeah, it's uh, on Instagram is Jonah underscore Levine, J O N A H underscore L E V I N E. Um, yeah, dude, thanks for thanks for having me on, and uh, stoked to stoked to hang in the future. Dude, same here. Thank you for being on here, and thank you for you know helping me help out fellow creators yeah dude absolutely i'm i'm excited to see what people get out of it that was a really fun conversation same here hell yeah, yeah man all right awesome hell that's yeah. it have a good one brother